0: So today I am joined by Brian Johnson, great friend of mine, the filmmaker and owner of With This Ring Films. You can check out his work at www.withthisringvideo.com and find him on Instagram at wtrfilms. His work has been featured in, among many other places, Vogue. Brides Magazine, Style Me Pretty, and he was recently interviewed by International Business Times. Brian. Well, you really sort of have that uh,
1: <laughs> radio voice down. Thank you. I'm, I'm pleased to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, thank you, man. Um, every time I look on social media, uh, I see you traveling to some new and exotic location. How, uh, I mean, I do some traveling, but I feel like it's nowhere near the level that you're on. How do you stay sane with all of that traveling you do?
1: That's a good question. Uh, planning, planning, planning. Do you and stay sane? Well, it depends on how long you're gone. We actually just, uh, two weekends ago, filmed two Indian weddings back-to-back in four days. Uh, and there was a gap day between each one. So the first was like Thursday and Saturday. The second was Friday and Sunday, and we were three hours away from each venue each day, driving back and forth from Philly to New York. So by the end of the fourth day, I'm not sure any of us were completely sane uh but you just have to I think I find comfort in knowing where to be, when to be uh keeping logistics straight um and keeping everybody on track in terms of travel and getting places early and checking in hotels and checking in for your flight early, and all of that kind of thing um it's uh it's fun you have to enjoy what you do first if you are burned out on weddings you're going to hate shooting weddings <laughs> while you travel sure but if you uh love filming weddings um traveling to film one is like the next next best thing and uh getting to go somewhere really awesome is uh, in addition to kind of being cool for your portfolio was a good way to kind of recharge your batteries and refresh uh that creative eye you know we've done a lot of church weddings and barn weddings and hotel ballroom weddings, and it's nice to be out on a beach once in a while or in a big city or somewhere like that.
0: Nice. Cool. So give me, um, give me a little bit of a rundown kind of on you, uh, how you got into shooting um, wedding videos and why you're still doing it uh, after yeah. all these years.
1: So I was uh, probably seven or eight years old, And, uh, I, I wanted to make movies and my dad uh, worked for the state and had access to a video camera and he'd bring it home on the weekends and I'd play around and make little stupid videos and get all my friends and and siblings involved. And, uh, when it came time to decide what I wanted to study in college, obviously it was TV and film. So I went to a four year uh, school and got a degree in television and film production and, uh, right after I graduated in the job market tank. So I spent a while sort of wandering and not doing what I had gone to school to do. But I eventually decided if I'm going to to do this, this now is the time. Uh, I'm going to do it for myself, go into business for myself, be my own boss, and started with weddings. My sister got married, a friend got married, another friend got married. Before I knew it, I had a wedding portfolio. And that's kind of the genesis of of all of this. Um, Things snowballed and... Uh, weddings are kind of where, where I landed. Um, and here we are 10 years later, hundreds yeah. of weddings later, and I'm, I'm still doing it.
0: That's awesome, man. We worked together pretty early on in our careers, and then yes. we worked together earlier this year. And that's been the only time that we've actually worked together, I think.
1: Yeah, that's it was uh, sort of a little half-day wedding yeah. here locally. And then we ventured off together for a few days in uh, Costa Rica, which was pretty amazing. And I'm that sure was. we'll talk about that in more detail later. Yeah. But uh, that, that was the extent of our working relationship. Yeah.
0: The last time we were hanging out uh, was on the beach. You were flying a drone. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Potentially into unfamiliar territory.
1: Possibly. Everything down there was <laughs> unfamiliar territory. But, uh, yeah, so that was, I was fun. And uh, I was appreciative that you let yeah. me... Uh, Try out the active track feature of the MacBook Pro and run. <laughs> I had my Baywatch moment. Yeah, you did. The beach, you yeah. did. Uh, links in the comment below. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so that, like that, that kind of um, brings up something that I, I think is one of the things that I see quite frequently in. Uh, in all of the lists um, of questions to ask your photographer or videographer Mm -hmm. before you hire them. And that's kind of one of the things that I want to talk to you today. And one of the questions that I see on there a lot is, have you shot at my venue before? Right. And with us, like a a lot of the time, at least, I don't know, maybe half of my weddings a year are in completely new locations that I've never shot before. And I, I would assume that it's the same for you, Right.
1: It is a common question, and I think that uh, brides want the comfort knowing that you're familiar with a venue, you know its layout, you've shot there before, but I think uh, there might be a bit too much emphasis placed on have you shot here before, because that's not required to do an amazing job. I think some of the films that I have personally enjoyed filming and editing the most were at places i would never been before. Yeah, um, You bring sort of a new perspective, a new creative take on that particular space, versus a venue you've shot at a dozen times before where you're struggling each time to find a new and different way to approach how you film there so that it doesn't look like everything that you've ever shot there before. So, uh, there are good, there, there are pros to having shot somewhere before and cons, I think, and, uh, being destination filmmakers, I think that, you know, with the exception of one or two times, each of those was our first visit to that particular venue. Right. Um, so, uh, you know, you, you have to bring something unique to it and, uh, most couples understand that, uh, it's not, you know, having done something before that makes you good and makes you reliable and, and gives them a, a nice end product. It's that, uh, you can bring yourself into it and put your own personal spin on that
0: space. So what are, what are the questions that brides should be asking of videographers? I, I know the photography space really well, mm-hmm. but, um, it, like a lot of the brides that I work with, it almost seems like video is an afterthought. True. And, and that might not be the case for every, every bride. And that's, you know, that's probably just because of, you know, my style and, and, um, but what, what is it like, why, why, first of all, why should a bride hire a videographer? Like I, I think, and that's, when when I am talking with a bride and, and they're they're saying, well, who should you know who should I hire? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, am I you know really going to hire somebody? You know, we could save some money and you know do something have, else. Have an aunt or a friend right, like yeah. you know, I mean, just throw a camera on a tripod and get the vows and we'll be good. What, like, what is what is the benefit of hiring someone like you who is a high end uh, wedding videographer? I think it's the same
1: benefit of hiring a high end professional photographer versus. A friend with a point and shoot or a cell phone. Um, also, you kind of have the experience of someone who's been to hundreds of weddings and can uh, be a chameleon and adapt to situations and knows going in to expect the unexpected. Um, hmm. You know, if a bridesmaid's dress is late arriving <laughs> or a groomsman picks up the wrong color suit, that's something that can throw off an entire timeline and you sure. just have to deal with it. Um, I think that Uh, For most brides, photography is a primary concern. It's one of the first things they uh, choose once they've locked in their venue. Maybe they're looking at dresses and and cake designers and things like that. And uh, I think that uh, as time has passed with the whole uh, golden age of cinematic wedding filmmaking, that it's such a different product than it used to be. Um, It doesn't have to be boring and cheesy and the wired mic going table (laughs) to table interviewing guests at the reception. Uh, it can be fun. It can be something that tells the story of their wedding in a, a unique and, and fun way for them to relive uh, that more and more brides are seeing it on par with photography. I've had couples that will book us a year or more out before they even choose a photographer uh, and then choose a photographer based on someone they think would work with our style. Right. On the flip side of that coin, we have couples who say, hey, I'm getting married in two months. Are you available? <laughs> I just right. saw a friend's film or I started digging more into this. Uh, we've got some wiggle room in the budget and we definitely want to have a video. Uh, video and still photos are so different in how you experience things. Mm Um, you know, uh, you can have uh, amazing photography, but are you going to hear the emotion in your voice sure. when you're saying your vows? Are you going to be able to see the movement of your first dances and uh, just how everyone was interacting? And it's such a more dynamic uh, medium yeah. than photography. Yeah. Uh, but it's not, it's not better. It's not worse. I think it's just a different way to experience those things. And for most brides and grooms, I think the wedding day is such a blur that it uh, just adds a layer on uh, kind of those being able to experience things they didn't see or were part of, but were just kind of caught up in the in the whirlwind of the day. Yeah. Um and to be able to look back on those sort of in a different format. So. sure, yeah.
0: There's there's definitely been a few times, uh, especially at receptions uh, where I've I've wanted to be a videographer. And I knew like that medium would do a better job in the storytelling than what I was doing as a photographer. And
1: there are many times I've wished I was a photographer. <laughs> um, to be able to walk from point A to point B and start yeah. shooting a ceremony uh, in a couple of minutes yep. versus taking cameras and tripods and dealing with audio recording and microphones and all of that, it's kind of... It's, it's, there's a stark difference in just sure. the, the amount of equipment involved. So yeah. there are many times I thought, you know, man, I, I should do photography <laughs> because that would be so much less gear to carry. It seems like it's a little easier, but it's not, of course. No. Um, and I don't do photography because I, in my heart, I'm not a photographer. Sure. I am a storyteller through moving pictures and sure. I want to create uh film. So that's what I do. I don't do it because it's easy. I do it because it's rewarding and, mm-hmm. and uh, I love to be able to provide couples with that kind of record of the day.
0: So... Kind of going, uh, talking about gear. um, You showed up in Costa Rica with (laughs) way more gear than I thought was possible to get to another country. Yeah. Uh, I I had three cameras. How many did you bring with you? Uh, Three plus a
1: GoPro plus a drone. So five five total. We used four during the ceremony. We used the GoPro for some of the. Mm Zip lining and craziness that happened
0: after the yeah. wedding, and uh, the champagne bottle,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. The taped to GoPro to a champagne bottle, <laughs> um, and uh, that was pretty cool. It was a take on the fireball video that went viral a yeah. while back with uh, the GoPro and the fireball bottle, but uh, it, it turned out <laughs> it, that was that was interesting trying to trim down the 30 or so different people who were taking a swig <laughs> from the champagne bottle to make it not be a a third of their entire film of people drinking (laughs) at the reception. But uh, I was sure to include myself, and I was sure to to include you. Good, uh, I think it was a a good addition. So, yeah, that was... And then you've got, uh, you know, all the support gear. You've got the tripods, you've got slider, gimbal, um, all the things that... Support the camera and lenses and yeah. batteries and the drone and laptop computer for backing up of footage, which is very, very important. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, it was quite a bit of gear. I, I, and I had pared it down for my regular travel set, so I didn't bring light stands <laughs> or anything that might be too crazy. Uh, so what you saw was kind of maybe 75% of what we wow. usually travel with.
0: So I like, I and that's another question that I think pops up pretty frequently on those questions to ask your photographer or videographer before you hire them. But the problem is in photography, they they don't know the difference between uh, a 5D Mark III and a, a Canon 60 or a Nikon 700 or 750 or a film camera. Right. And I like, you're using gear uh, that I'm not even, like, I feel like I I know camera gear pretty well. You're using stuff that I haven't seen before. Uh, So is that a valid question? I think it has to be like something that's important, um, especially in video that you can't, you can't do your job if you don't have the right equipment. So how can a bride who is looking to hire a videographer, how can they know that that videographer has the right equipment? That's
1: also, I think, one of the questions that brides and grooms find on blogs Mm -hmm. and wedding websites. Hey, here's a list of 10 must-ask questions. Uh, Is it important to ask? Sure. Um, I think that you want to know that your videographer or photographer is using professional-level equipment. But I think it's less important to have a great camera than it is to know how to use a camera well. If you, I would place more stock in the product, the films that they're producing, than the brand of camera or the type of lenses or is it full frame or crop frame? Because at the end of the day, most of these things, to someone who's not versed in this jargon, it's not going to mean much. Um, Occasionally, we'll have really tech-savvy brides or grooms that will know what this information means when they ask and legitimately want to know but i think many times i'm asking this because i'm supposed to ask it Mm -hmm. um but yeah equipment's important but not as important as how it's used i've seen filmmakers who shoot with a canon t3i still today which uh, is a much older camera Mm -hmm. um and do amazing work and they are proponents for well it's not the camera it's the person behind the camera Mm -hmm. um but uh, obviously there is an influence between uh the gear you're using and what you're doing with it. There's there's a different connection there that I think is important to understand. Uh, and I would probably have more in-depth questions if I were hiring a videographer or photographer. I'm sure you would. Sure. Yeah. Uh, if you were uh, searching for someone like that, you'd want to know exactly what kind of camera right, they're using, yeah. what lenses they have. But I think just to the average person, that's less important than what's being done with the equipment and how it makes you feel when you look at those photos or watch those videos.
0: Yeah. And I, I think that's, I think that's kind of what I'm, what I'm getting at is, is that feeling. Um, one of the things that really, um, why I've always liked your work, why I continue to like your work is the consistency in it. And so you've been doing this for 10 years and I don't know if you would agree with me, but I would say that if, you showed someone a video from 5 or 6 years ago and you showed them a video from last weekend the the consistency is going to be there you've you've gotten better as a filmmaker the the drones have have definitely come in and you're you're doing you're doing some cool you know interesting stuff with them but uh i think at the heart of it uh that good eye for filmmaking that good eye for storytelling has always been there. Something that I appreciate in your work is just the the accurate colors, the color correction, mm-hmm. the grading that you do on your on all of your films looks consistent, and you. you're not changing your style from one season to the next or from one video to right. the next. I think uh,
1: a lot of videographers get caught up with what is the current trend. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, we live in an Instagram world, so a lot of people are color grading or correcting to sort of have that Instagram filter look or they're over or under saturating or whatever. I think that my approach has been to create something that's as timeless as possible, that when someone watches it in 10 years, the editing style doesn't appear dated, even if the clothes might. (laughs) Um, And uh, I think that uh, it's important to have that kind of consistency because even though we do all evolve, And our craft, what we're doing, your photography now is better than it was five years ago. Mm -hmm. You were great five years ago, but you, you know, you change over time. Um, You want them to, your your client to feel like you are going to deliver a product that is in line with what they have seen. That they're not going to get something completely different. So I think it's important to be consistent and not, you know, mid-season completely decide that you want to color grade (sighs) a different way. And then they get something that it, it might not be worse. But it's different than what they expected. Sure. You want to yeah. always be sure that you are fulfilling your client's expectations. And a lot of that is keeping your product consistent with what they've seen uh, of your work and not giving them something completely out of left field because you felt super creative. And we're going to be like, that... I'm going to do this crazy <laughs> hyper like techno edit and... Uh, It's just, it's just not their style. Well,
0: that's, that scares me for clients. Anytime I see a major shift and I feel like I see that once a week from a photographer or videographer that I follow uh, a completely major shift in their editing paradigm where I know that their approach, their style is, is all still pretty much the same, but it's, it's on the back end. It's when they're back at home in front of the computer and they're doing the editing. I don't know what it is that possesses them.
1: Well, it makes you wonder why why the change Um, was something not working. Sure. Are you trying to push yourself creatively? Is it a direction that you're wanting to go creatively because you feel passionate about it? Or is it something you're doing that you feel will make you more relevant to brides? Um, I don't know. I think that Uh, in terms of our style, vibrancy of color, uh, good skin tones that are accurate. Um, You know, if the dress is white, it should look white. It shouldn't (laughs) look brown or blue or, uh, you know, anything other than what it is naturally. Now, I will sometimes, you know, play with saturation and things just uh, as a creative sort of uh, thing, but uh, I want it to be clean and precise and... uh, Simple, but not simple. I want it to be um, something that. Uh, gosh, it's so hard to put your own style into words. Like I could sit uh, down and edit a film <laughs> in a day and a half, but describing like what it is, it's it's tough when you're actually having to dig all that out of you. It, it's it is such a mental mental thing, psychologically, and how does it make you feel? And where does the music right. crescendo? And how does you know when do you transition scenes? And and. What's the flow? All of that kind of comes into play and uh, the the shooting of it is only the first step. Sure. Uh, a majority of the time we spend working on a film is after the wedding. So if we're filming eight hours, 12 hours, mm-hmm. a South Asian wedding for three or four days, um, even that great length of time is the smallest sliver. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of it is post-production and how are you putting it together in a way that is uh, going to tell the story and be true to the couple and be something they enjoy but also is true to the way things went down the weekend of their wedding so
0: and if it's uh, this is something i think about all the time if it's so hard for us to put into words what our style is and i feel like our style isn't <laughs> it, it's not it's definitely not the most crazy style out there it's right. you know it's 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 pretty middle of the road consistent good you know good accurate colors um good contrast if But we live this. Yeah. And we can't, you know, we can't exactly nail that down. So now we're asking now we're asking somebody who's never hired a photographer or videographer to go on Google and search their city photographer, videographer wedding.
1: And filter through
0: eight hundred different websites. Eight thousand different websites. Right? So what like how What is it? What what do you think? um, What do you think should stand out? Or what should what should these brides be looking for? Is it is it just a feeling? Is it something like once they feel that, you know, they feel a tug like that's it like trust your gut? Or is there something more that
1: that's a big part of it? I think I hear from a lot of couples that end up booking with us that it was a feeling, you know, they were watching The film of someone they don't know have never met, but still had some emotional connection to, and that's the ultimate compliment to me is that you
0: felt that. Yeah.
1: Um, Obviously, budget comes into play. You Mm -hmm. want to be sure that it's comfortably going to fit inside your budget, but it's it's uh, it's a feeling I think more than anything, Hmm. and it would be for me if I were in their shoes. Um, highlight films are great. I would say if you're searching for videographers, to, if you've narrowed it down to a few that you just really love, ask to see a full edit, a full film, not just the best of something that's been posted sure. online because that's very heavily curated. And obviously, uh, you know, we're sharing the best of the best. So you want to see what a full product looks like and perhaps multiple multiple weddings uh, that you've done that are kind of in a similar style. So if I have a bride who says, hey, I'm having a barn wedding, right, I'll send her a barn wedding. Sure. If, hey, I'm having... Uh, a New York City in the middle of Manhattan wedding, I'll send something that has that kind of vibe. So I think it's, uh, you know, equal parts uh, kind of the logistics of how does this fit into our wedding budget uh, and how would this be a part of our day and what does it make me feel? Because at the end of the day, they want to watch their film and feel that same kind of thing.
0: Yeah. that And that's huge. I, I've gotten the same compliment. And every time that I hear someone say, I felt like I was at this wedding. I felt like the emotions that this... Bra- and I'm like, you don't know this person. Right. You, look through, you look through 20 photos of people you don't know dancing, and you felt like you were having a good time with them. That's, yeah. that's huge. And, I, and I, think, I think the fact that we do this so much, we might, we might miss out on how big that actually is and how rare to be able to capture something like that is. And, and I think just the importance of being able to have these memories and have these things captured, because I mean, we live, I mean, we live, everything is, is on these, these devices, these, these iPhones that that we all have. And then in a couple months, I'm going to get a a brand new one Mm -hmm. and what's going to happen to all the photos and videos and everything that's on this iPhone maybe it's backed up in my in my cloud maybe it's not right and and i i mean how many photos do i actually have printed or how many videos do i have in some other uh format that's that's going to be there right. after that device is gone yeah so so i think that's i think that's huge and and i definitely see the importance in the storytelling and if you if you as someone who's looking to hire Uh, any vendor for your wedding if you can connect on that emotional level then you know all those other things gear you know that kind of falls to the wayside that's really it um the other big thing for me in my business has been really selling myself, my personality. Mm-hmm. Do you feel um, do you meet with a lot of the couples before I, they book I you? I try to
1: every time. It's not always possible, especially with destination weddings. Sure. Um I try to at least FaceTime or Skype just to have that kind of face-to-face, uh quote-unquote, uh conversation with the couple because you want to kind of have a rapport going into the wedding. You don't want to show up and be like, Hi, I'm Brian. I'm going to film you getting ready. Because right. that's super awkward, and they're going to be awkward in front of the camera. Right. So um any couples locally that we work with, I do love to meet them when possible and schedules allow. Um And I'm trying to do the same in some format with destination couples because so much of the day, we're the only ones with them. When right. they're getting ready... Um, when they're hanging out before the ceremony once the ceremony happens they're off to the reception and it's kind of free-for-all at that point but uh you know it's important that i think it's important that the vendors that are around you during that most crucial part of the day when you might be a little stressed out and worried about how things are going to go are going to kind of not add to that and uh, keep things light and fun and uh be full of personality and not stress yeah. you out worse. So I kind of. Right. If, if, act- that,
0: if that is your personality, right? That's the type of Correct. personality that we, I think, both work well with. But there, I mean, there's obviously brides out there who aren't a good fit for us. And have different personalities and one a completely different type of personality from their vendors. Well,
1: it, it, yeah, it goes back to being a chameleon. You have to be able to read people and uh, kind of say, how do I approach this situation in a way that's going to benefit this bride or this groom? It's not about me. It's about them. It's not about what's easiest for me and easiest uh, in terms of how I do my job is what makes their wedding day the smoothest day of their life. So if I am working with a bride who is worried about 16 other details and uh, is not smiling while she's getting her dress put on, I'll be like, hey, smile, happy, happy! we're happy, we're smiling. And it kind of clicks them out of that kind of being inside their own head a little bit too much and living more in the moment and uh, enjoying it versus thinking about something that's going to happen um, 20 or 30 minutes down the road.
0: That was 30 minutes. Shit. Okay. You can edit this down. (laughs) I still have like a few things I really want to talk about. You good to continue? Yeah. Cool. I feel like this is going really well. Good, good. Yeah. This is good stuff. Uh, So one of the things I wanted to ask you about, um, and this is something that I, I don't know if it's different for brides are working with a videographer uh, and photographer or just a, um, just a photographer, but how can a bride be a better client? If she wants a, a great wedding video, what can she do to ensure that? What are the, some of the things that maybe before the wedding or on the day of that she can do that are, are going to help her to, to be better for you? I think it comes down to
1: one thing, communication, uh, to communicate Uh, to your videographer or your photographer the things that are most important to you. You and I can show up and shoot or film a wedding in our own way, and it'll be what we do. Um, But I want to personalize as best I can each film that I'm doing. So it's important for brides and grooms to communicate their expectations. What parts of the day are important? And the flip side of that, what parts of the day are less important to them? Mm. Um, What do they not care about? If they don't care about details at the reception, uh, place settings and flowers and the cake, but are more into, hey, let's see interactions of people during cocktail hour and those real human moments. Um, I don't waste my time doing detail shots and I can kind of spend that time more wisely. So I wouldn't know those things unless we talked about it. And I always ask as part of the, the planning process, tell me some things that are most important to you, whether those are moments of the day, whether they're people, you know, a grandparent who might be there that rarely gets out but's coming to the wedding and Mm -hmm. I need to be ready if she jumps up to dance during the reception. Uh, If you handmade your centerpieces at the reception and they're really, really important to you because you spent all this time on it, I I need to know those details. So I think the ideal bride is one that communicates all of those things to us before the wedding Mm -hmm. or even the day of the wedding. Um, It's not unusual for, for a bride to say, hey, Brian, can you get this? Can you get that? I forgot to mention that. And we're open to, you know, kind of altering our shooting style to get those things because at the end of the process it's not what did I want to have in the film it's what did they want right um and uh we don't know those things unless there's clear lines of communication a bride feels comfortable bringing those things up to you
0: is is that tough for you um so I, I I feel like sometimes this this part of it is is difficult for me because we walk this very fine line between um a service, but mm-hmm. we also think of ourselves as artists. Right. Right. So, uh, so at, at like, at what points, um, are like, are there, are there any points I guess, um, for you where a client, you know, could say like, you know, we want this or we don't want this. And it doesn't line up with your artistic vision of how you think a wedding film should be.
1: Right. Right. If, if that's a conversation that happens prior to booking, I try to be as transparent as I can about it. If someone says, hey, we love your work, here are three or four links to other filmmakers that we want <laughs> you to imitate. right? Um, I'm happy to look at them and sure. draw inspiration and see what it is about these filmmakers that drew you to them. But ultimately, if you're hiring us, we're going to bring our own spin to it. So I'm not you know in the business of you know I'm not Burger King trying to make my burger taste like McDonald's if, sure. if you wanted that you should hire that sure um, but I think it's uh, super important to to be able to not dismiss it outright because okay. there are so many different things brides are looking at and they may love your work and your style but they saw something stylistically in someone else's work that they really love uh, and on the other hand you don't want to rip off someone completely you don't want to <laughs> steal ideas and sure. plagiarize uh, so that's why I say you know if we're going to work together yeah We create films in a specific style. You've seen a lot of our work on our website or our blog or our Facebook page. It will be in line with that, but I'm happy to accept any kind of uh, suggestions or creative ideas you have on how we can personalize this to you uh, while keeping it within the the framework of of our particular style. I'm not going to completely upend everything um, and completely shoot (laughs) in a a way that I'm not comfortable with because uh, at like you said, that's that's. Have you ever Have you ever been
0: asked? Yes. After yes. After you had been hired. Well, not after. No. Okay.
1: I, I try to set expectations at the beginning. Okay. Of what we do, how we do it, and everything, and answer any questions, um, so that a couple knows what to expect um, in the conversations leading up to the wedding and the shoot itself. Uh, I had a bride who wanted, you know, to incorporate some, I think like some super eight footage, mm-hmm. and I was like, kind of thinking, well, I don't really do this. I'm sure, sure they're like. Apps that could make it look like that. Right. Do you want real film? How is this going to work with my workflow? Is it going to be like such an unfamiliar thing to me during the day of the wedding that I'm going to miss other key moments? And at the end of the day, I'm copying someone else's film that you liked but was out of your price range or right. already booked. So, um, you know, my my best uh, advice to other filmmakers would be to just do you and be consistent mm-hmm. in how you do that. Um, but still take into account what you're being asked to do. The the client is your boss, right? And uh, you want them to be pleased and incorporate as much of them and their personalities as you can. And so sometimes listen to these kind of things because there are things that will help you uh, in shooting and in editing that will ultimately provide you with a really really satisfied client.
0: Nice.
1: The worst thing I think is a bride who feels like her her. Questions or suggestions are ignored or being dismissed, mm-hmm. or that she's. Bo- I've had brides say sorry to bother you again. I'm like, no, you're not bothering right, yeah. me. The more information you can give me about everything, the better. Sure. So no question is too small, no details too small. Um, the more I know going into it, the better I can tailor what we're doing uh, to what you expect. Sure.
0: Yeah, it's it's always interesting for me. I I feel like um, there's. I've I've had uh, I've had communications where maybe one or two emails were sent back and forth from the time that they first inquired to their wedding day. And then I've had brides where it's, it's literally hundreds of emails and then, and then every, everything in between, um, what, what kind of, um, like the feedback, what, what role does that play? Uh, what, what role does that play in, um, in, I guess, how you approach things, um, is feedback important to you? At what point in the, in the process is feedback important? Um, uh, really at any point prior to the wedding ending. Okay. Um, <laughs> and, and if it's
1: an editing yeah. thing, then obviously that can be discussed after the wedding if there's something that happened that you want to exclude or sure. something that you want to feature more heavily that wasn't something that was talked about or even thought about before the wedding. But I mean, things evolve, timelines change, uh, people add or take away things. And I think that the more information you have, the better. And that includes, you know, the planner grabbing you at the last minute, right before the exit, saying, hey, the photographer's going to take this couple over to this area for some photos, real quick. Sure. Do you want to come? Uh, and to be open to those kind of things, to not be so rigid in your thinking that, you know, we create films as A, B, C, D, E, we don't do F. Um, uh, but kind of just be flexible, and like I said, be a chameleon and change with your with circumstances, and be able to adapt and uh, service the client. Because as as artistic and as as much as we like to think of ourselves as artists, <laughs> um, we are serving clients. Sure. We are providing yeah. a service for them. So it's ultimately uh, how they feel yeah. about the the process and the end product. And you want them to look back on everything from that first email to phone calls, to follow-up emails, to the shoot, to the communication after the shoot, to delivery positively. And right. all of those parts of the process are important.
0: Yeah. it's It's got to be more difficult for you than than it is for me as a photographer to try out new things creatively because once something's in the wedding video, it's in the wedding video. But if I deliver a few hundred images and there's one or two photographs that I took a creative chance on that the couple doesn't like. Right. What's the worst thing that that happens? They they don't they don't print those photos out. Right. They don't put those photos on Facebook. Well, how do you like how do you deal with that pre- like for me that pressure of like once I hit export and like, it's done. Mm-hmm. And then I, and then you're waiting, right? Like at that point you're, you're waiting and you're hoping to hear back positive right. feedback. And if you're anything like me, you live for that positive right. feedback. Back, sure. And if you don't hear back, you're like, what's, what's going on? All right.
1: Uh, I, I th-
0: How do you handle the pressure?
1: Well, you know, you just have to. Water off a duck's back, you know. Yeah. Not every bride is going to respond back after she gets her photos or her film and be like, "Oh, you were amazing. We love it." Right. Some, but you should if you, you do. You should
0: please. You should if you please do. Please
1: visit Google.com and leave a <laughs> review. Yes. Um. It's, it just there are different kinds of people, and yeah. some will and some won't. Um. If they don't, uh, I say no news is good news. They obviously didn't have any problems with right. anything. Uh, they just got really busy. A lot of couples, people uh, you know, will go back to work or go on a honeymoon or will buy a house or sure. start a family and things happen. And they are at home loving their film and crying their eyes out or going through their photo album. Yeah. And it doesn't occur to follow up and say, hey, I love this, this, and this. They just, you know, it was great and they move on with life. Right. Others, I've gotten like, I love this. This was amazing. I love this. I Or, hey, can we move this shot here or move mm-hmm. this here? And literally these two small things are all that I would need for this to be perfect. I'm happy to always to kind of take those things into account as well. Sure. But as far as like creative chances in filming, I, I've always been of the opinion of get your standard 100% usable shot first. Right. So if you're like, I'm going to shoot the cake and it's crazy. I'm going to like freelance <laughs> or I'm going to like come up from behind a table and get some shots <laughs> of the cake that you could use. Uh, in any situation if you ever, and then if play you, around.
0: if you ever come up behind a cake in this <laughs> right. in, in this motion where you're appearing <laughs> behind the cake and just panning like your body with your body upwards right. please let me know so <laughs> i can be there to get a behind the scenes shot of that
1: uh, i can't promise that <laughs> um, yeah so i am a firm believer in get your typical style first if right. you want to now you can't obviously do that with things that will never happen again sure a first dance you should know going in how you're going to shoot or film that first dance and if there is room for improvisation and being creative take it especially if you're using multiple cameras because you're going to have shots you need uh, regardless Um, but something I tell my second shooters or uh, primary shooters that I'm sending out Mm -hmm. to film for us is get me what I need first to tell the story. And right. if you want to be creative, get that. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. When it works, it's fantastic. When it doesn't, it's like, oh my God, why didn't you get a shot of the cake that I could use? Why did you have to get all crazy with it? Um, so I like to have options. And right. I do that even myself in shooting. You know, If I'm you know doing a slider shot, maybe yeah. I'll do it at two or three uh-huh. different speeds because yeah. I don't know what sort of music the couple is going to choose. What's the tempo? What's the pacing? How fast does it need to move right. to make the piece flow? So... Options, options, options.
0: Options are good. Yeah. Uh, So first dance kind of triggered uh, some emotional feelings for me. Are you
1: picturing a videographer (laughs) running around a couple with a gimbal getting in your way?
0: Uh, First dances before, yes. That is exactly (laughs) what I was picturing in my head.
1: There's a really awesome YouTube video of someone doing that and falling down. Yeah. Uh, I, I hate to laugh at it, but it's hilarious. Right. And I think the guy himself posted it, so he was laughing at himself. But sure, yeah, yeah, that's something.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, for, first dances for me, I think, uh, as like being being a storyteller, somebody who likes uh, real moments versus like posed or contrived things. Uh, first dances always kind of have that, like they have right. they, they have so many emotions, there's so many emotional reactions to them. Um, but yes, I've, I've had a few first dances that were much more challenging to photograph because of the videographers. So we were talking about this a little bit earlier before we started recording. Um, I want to know from you, because in my photographer forums, we hate on videographers all the time.
1: Just so you know, the same thing happens. So, so I want to know.
0: So I wanna know what are the pet peeves uh from videographers to photographers.
1: Yeah, well there are there are rules in place in some Facebook groups that say no no hating on photographers allowed. <laughs> because if they did, the list would be long. And there are beefs sure. on either side and it sure. ultimately comes down to just lack of communication, and respect for each other. Uh pet peeves, I think from my perspective of photographers would be those who aren't team players mm-hmm. who don't understand that they are there to capture the day with us. Not, uh, you know, we're not like second class vendors. Right. Um, and that their work, like I literally had a photographer who I heard tell her second, no, no, go back. You need to get more detailed shots. It takes a hundred or more detailed shots to get published. She was at that wedding to get it published on a blog. Or of in a magazine. Yeah, of course. Um, and so what we needed from them in terms of cooperation right. was the least of her concerns. Um, so I think communication is key and uh, the ideal photographer I work with is one that not only is cool with you being there and mm-hmm. being part of the process, but also open to letting you step in occasionally to get a video shot, say during portraits, or open to conversations about, hey, how are you going to film or how are you going to photo the ceremony? Sure. or How are we doing the first dance? You know, I don't want a photographer to be in the background of my shot any more than that photographer wants okay. camera guys to be in the background of theirs. So it's
0: right.
1: it's, it's communication and respect because I've talked to some photographers at length before something happens. Mm-hmm. And then everything we talked about is disregarded right. when it actually happens. So uh, that's kind of a respect issue, I think. Sure, um, yeah.
0: Ultimately. No. Yeah. No, yeah, no, yeah I, I think I think it's it's definitely something um if, if you are a bride and you're listening to this, um definitely your takeaway here is that the relationship between videographer and photographer is hugely important um in making sure that they that they can work well together. And I, I think the be- like at the best times, um I, I'm thinking of uh at, at Jillian and Seth's wedding, mm-hmm. uh when we were when we were uh, when she was getting ready, and we were doing the the detail shots, mm-hmm. and we collaborated together on this ring shot, and you like—I was
1: thinking about that on the way over here. You yeah.
0: like you you set up like you you had like kind of uh, just this location, and then I kind of like staged it, mm-hmm. and then we just kind of worked together. And that like for me, I always love when I'm working with a videographer who is of a like mind who is a similar style and I know that I can count on them to, to bounce things off of, because that's the greatest feeling in the world. When you can create something with somebody else that, you know, you probably couldn't have done on your own, especially in the time constraints of a wedding day. For me, like the, like always the big stress is that I have to be on my A game for eight, 10, 12, 14 hours and I can't let up. But if I know that I have a great team player and a videographer who is also working for the same goals right. to create this story, to tell, you know, this uh, this amazing love story of this couple that I can rely on them and it's not that I'm taking a break, but the creative part in my brain almost gets to right. like take a, a little bit of a break, but then it's it's not really taking a break. It's it's almost getting recharged. It's a collaboration
1: of sorts and you know that exactly. You're- Video team isn't gonna sneak off with the bride and groom at some point, not tell you, and right. uh, you know that you're gonna get the photos you need because I think a lot of times the concern with photographers and how they view videography is I'm not going to be able to do my job as well because I'm having to work with someone else who's also capturing it. Sure, albeit I, in a different way. I, I don't
0: think I don't think that's the concern. I think the concern more so is that if our styles are different or your approach is different that it's going to take twice as, everything's going to take twice as long. Right. Does and that, that make happens. sense? That does
1: happen. There sure. are you know, different personalities and different styles out there. Not every wedding is going to be a perfect coming together of a photographer and videographer, but when it does, I think that's the ideal situation. It was when it frees you up the most to be the most creative, to bounce ideas sure. off each other. And to, uh, there was this really one uh, super cool idea you had, I think it was an after the ceremony was shot, of uh, Jillian and Seth standing across this pool yeah uh, crystal blue water the sky was blue greenery everywhere um, and my video shot was amazing but you had <laughs> put them there right yeah uh, in that location so um, you know it's a little bit of give and take and sure. being open to other ideas I think uh, is beneficial to, to both sides of that equation and makes both of us better versus uh, you know complicating things
0: cool uh, wedding trends So you, I think more than any other, uh, I'm just going to say wedding vendor, uh, shoots more cultural, multicultural weddings. Um, what wedding trends do you hate and just wish would die?
1: Oh gosh.
0: Are there any, I mean, do you like.
1: No, not really, because I tend to see different trends at each wedding. So there's okay. thing that I feel like I've been beaten over the head. I take that back. <laughs> I take that back. Mason jars.
0: Which we we're drinking mason, out of right mason, now.
1: I think mason jars have had their day and are only appropriate if you're having a barn wedding or, or something of the like. Um, we're in Nashville. Yeah. Like mason jars are everywhere. Sure. Um, but no, like I, I do so many different kinds of weddings with so right. many different types of couples in so many different places. I tend to see different things. Yeah, um, And I haven't been hammered over the head yet with anything that I think just should not exist anymore. Um, uh, and oftentimes there are things that might be tropes that I think should be done more often. Like there are some couples who are like, no, we're not doing a send-off. And I'm like, no, but no, come on. Yeah. you know, That's the perfect... Uh, into your right especially film. for a video right yeah. like you
0: have to have a beginning middle and an your, end what's and end what's the point? end if right. it's just drunk With people dancing, dancing. <laughs> exactly
1: exactly so i would like there are some things i would i would argue that uh, are done a lot that should be done more often what what some.
0: besides send-offs
1: uh, there are a lot of couples that are choosing not to do bouquet and garter tosses and i'm sure you've noticed that too they'll have their And you start.
0: and you wish that they would be doing that It's those? kind of
1: a fun thing i think you know to have like everybody fighting over it in the uh, the bouquet gets split in half by the two <laughs> bridesmaids fight or it hits the ground and they scatter because sure. nobody wants to catch right. it. Um, I just think it's something fun to include and it's more dynamic than, you know, hours and hours of just straight up open dance floor and eating and drinking. So,
0: yeah. um
1: I understand why couples don't want to do that kind of thing but, yeah. I, you know, it's fun and it makes, to me, their film... Uh, As exciting and fast-paced as possible, and we tend to edit receptions in that way, so it kind of gives us more material to to work with versus relying on toasts or first dances, which tend to be a little slower and more sentimental versus, like, high-energy dancing and throwing of things and (laughs) running through sparkle, (laughs) you know, fire on either side of you, uh, which is... Uh, I mean, when you describe when it, you
0: describe it like that, like that's it's a pretty crazy thing to do. Like people throwing things around, like people taking undergarments off, running through yeah, fire. Like weddings are started? crazy, you right? Know, like,
1: yeah, and uh, there, you know, for every Western wedding we've done, we've probably done some other sort of cultural event, whether it's South Asian or Nigerian or Laotian or. Japanese, Korean, you know, tea ceremonies, that kind of thing. Uh, One of the great things about weddings and and one of the reasons that I think that I haven't burned out yet, (laughs) yet is that there are so many different styles. You know, I always, I see something different in every wedding that I haven't seen before. Whenever someone says, hey, we're doing a wedding like this, um... It's not what you'd normally see, but we're kind yeah. of just doing things when you, you get want excited. To. I'm like, yeah. oh, wedding yes, I'm to yes. yes. Yeah. You should do things the way you want to, not because sure. a parent or tradition says so. And I know there's a lot of uh, pressure, especially with our South Asian couples, mm-hmm. to respect tradition uh, and honor those sorts of things. I completely understand it. But when a couple can take those things and then add on to them, mm-hmm. usually during a reception and kind of make it their own, do a choreographed dance, have some sort of uh, elaborate cake display, something that really kind of puts your stamp on it. I think those are the most fun to shoot where they're respecting their roots, but they're also, uh, including parts of themselves in it.
0: Yeah, oh, that's cool. So if you were, if you were to kind of throw all of those different traditions and, uh, into a blender and on the other side, Brian's ideal dream wedding to film comes out. What does that look like with all, with all of that kind of meshed up together? Enough time
1: to shoot prep. Okay. Because a lot of times couples don't lot time to shoot prep in a way that's not rushed because things often are rushed early in the day. Uh, to be able to shoot a ceremony without too many restrictions, a lot of venues have rules and regulations on where tripods can be or where lights can be, and I understand the reasoning behind that. A lot of it's safety related or liability related but to have some freedom and where you place cameras and and how you shoot this very kind of static thing, people yeah. standing at an altar. Sure. Uh, and then a reception that's fun and people are enjoying themselves and the dance floor is filled with not only young people, but older, all ages, yeah. kids, up to, you know, up to grandparents. and They're all dancing together and having a good time and that it's a coming together of everyone. Uh, that really uh, comes through in what you and I create when mm. everyone's having a good time and enjoying themselves and it's... A collaborative kind of thing. Um, there's nothing worse than just super serious, stuffy weddings that are just, you know, plated dinners and formal dances right. and no bar. Right. And yeah. uh, it's just, it seems more like uh, something a they funeral. did. A funeral. Yeah, like they had to have a wedding because they wanted to get married versus yeah. doing a wedding the way they wanted to. So sure. For me, the ideal wedding is one that gives me the creative flexibility to do what i want to do within and i'm not gonna get crazy but also one that a bride and groom feel comfortable injecting enough of their own personality into to actually enjoy it and not have a wedding for their families to attend but to have a wedding for themselves that their families attend
0: yeah i think that's i think that's huge um being able to being able to enjoy this day that you've invested so much in, but also being able to create an experience because really at the end of the day, that's what you're, you're trying to do as a couple is you're trying to include everybody in this story and the fact that you love someone so much that you are willing to commit to them and you're involving all these other people. You want it to be a, you want it to be a celebration, right? Um, so yeah, so I, I, think that's, I think that's huge. Um, one thing I, I would be remiss if I let you get away without talking about this, uh, uh, uh <laughs> I didn't get any of these questions beforehand. I No, so no. In my, in my pre-interview prep, uh, I read the interview that you did for international business times
1: mm-hmm.
0: talking about technology and mm-hmm. weddings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is uh, which th- was
1: basically she was the uh, reporter was like so tell me about drones. <laughs> it wasn't what wedding trends do you think are <laughs> important or like and you also drones. take PayPal. I need to know exactly how much does that cost? It's International Business Times. I get it. Uh, it's not you know Bride's Magazine or sure. something that's geared towards. Sure. Yeah, So, yeah. That was
0: yeah. No, basically
1: drones.com. Drone, yeah, so so everybody go out
0: and buy a drone. <laughs> yeah. um, but the the stuff that you do, like, I, I mean, everybody has a drone now, right. right? Like, I mean, a lot of photographers that I know have drones. Uh,
1: hobbyists, people are just flying for fun. There's sure. drone racing. Yeah. That's a thing now. You can actually watch drone races on TV, which is pretty cool. Um, but just shows, goes to show how widespread droning is now. Yeah.
0: But it's, it's literally just another tool. It's not like, sure. so, and I, I think kind of my concern with it is that I've seen a lot of people relying almost too heavily on it. Whereas like you, like you know when to tastefully bring it in for the effect of the storytelling. It's yeah. not, the, the story is not, I can fly a drone
1: Well, it's kind of like explosions in Michael Bay movies. It's like, (laughs) does this service the story or is it just eye candy? And yes, drones are a big cinematic wow moment, Mm. but if you overuse the footage, it kind of loses some of that luster. A bride goes from, wow, I've never seen my venue from that perspective to okay, cool. A fifth drone shot in a row. So right. I think it's, it's just another tool. It's not something you like, just like sliders or gimbals or slow-mo. It's another tool in your kit to help tell the story. Uh, but you don't want to beat anybody over the head with it. And even though you may want to share 20 minutes of really awesome drone shots, sure, you need to kind of pare it down and, and, you know, be a director. And uh, I've heard a lot of film directors talk about cutting scenes and how much it pained them because yeah. these scenes become like a part of them and but it kind of drugged the story of of their film down as, as sort of similar with the drone footage. You want to be sure that it services the story in a way that's meaningful when it appears uh, and it's not random. And also that it's well done, that you're you know flying it well, it's exposed well, your white balance is properly set. You're right. flying safely and within uh, all of the local laws and regulations. Uh and it's just another creative element that helps you tell that story. It shouldn't be, you know, wedding by drone. It right. shouldn't be the groom that was in the news a few weeks ago. Um, who got, flew, got Well, yeah. yeah. That one groom who got hit in the head by a videographer, which was years ago, but that's on YouTube also. Um, <laughs> or the, the, groom, the groom that flew his personal drone under the reception tent and crashed it oh. into a dance floor uh, full of guests. I'm shaking so, my head right now. Yeah. So, um, careful with the drones, but when they're used well and in uh, proper proportion with everything else in a way that advances the story, they're a great tool and they're not going away.
0: Yeah. Do you see, uh, do you see any other technology? I mean, we're both technology buffs. Yeah. What, like what, I mean, what's the future of weddings? Are like, are we at the future of weddings? Do do weddings get crazier? Do we start experiencing weddings in VR? Like yeah, what's... well,
1: there's there's no limit. I think as these technologies evolve, that there will be a place found for them in the wedding industry. A VR or a 360 video. Mm-hmm. I think it's still a very niche kind of thing, and yeah. uh, finding ways to use it inside of the space of wedding videography is challenging. Sure, um, and. The, the other part of the conversation is how is this implemented into the rest of your film? Is it a standalone product? It's a, a different, unique way. It's almost as different as photography and videography. Right, yeah. you know? So it's. Uh, I think that once uh, it's kind of evolved to the point that more people are doing that and finding ways to integrate that into the storytelling process... Mm-hmm. It, it, it will kind of be more of a trend, I think, right now. It's kind of a very small percentage of, of videographers sure, yeah. that are utilizing that. But I think anything else that comes out in terms of technology, there's always some kind of adaptation of that advancement to weddings. yeah I mean, go back to uh, DSLRs and right. video. I mean, right. immediately you've got filmmakers yeah. using those cameras to shoot weddings. Uh, We were initially approached by a company that flies a drone uh, here in Nashville, and that was our our first experience with drones. We were the first company in Nashville to fly a drone for a wedding. He contacted me through our uh, business website. We do about 10% business Mm -hmm. each year of of commercial work, and he was like, hey, do you have any use for a drone in these uh, commercial projects you do? I was like, well, maybe sometimes, but would you be open to doing some weddings? He's like, well, we've never been asked, but sure. So all of a sudden, we've got Riverwood Mansion right, yeah. uh, from 400 feet in the air, and that's kind of what jump-started the whole drone thing for us then slowly, but surely drones became more affordable, mm. uh, more widespread, and now everyone has one, even people who are just flying them for fun or for, sure. for racing. Um, and uh, it's uh, it's cool. It's it's the one tax write-off that's, <laughs> that's as much a toy and fun to actually – it kind of reinvigorates you a little bit. Every, right. It seems like every so often you kind of get into a rut of, what can I do differently? I'm yeah. kind of. I feel like I've maxed out my creative mm-hmm. potential. How can I go to the next level? And then boom, yeah. drones, or boom, yeah. uh, really affordable three-axis stabilized gimbals, mm-hmm. or vo I mean, who knew a year ago we'd be talking yeah. about these kind of things? Right? So yeah. um, I think the sky's the limit. And uh, as with most technologies, there are multiple applications for for everything. Cool. And weddings will they'll, they'll find their way. They'll right. find yeah. their way into the it's, world of weddings, yeah,
0: definitely. Cool. Well, thanks Brian, you feel good? Yeah, I feel good. Awesome. Well, Great. thanks so much. Thanks you for having me. I right. appreciate it. All right. So that was my conversation with Brian. Uh, such a nice guy. I'm really glad that he uh he came on and did this. Uh it was really cool just getting to know him and finding out uh kind of what makes him tick and uh yeah, hopefully you got some good uh good stuff out of it. If you're looking to hire a videographer, definitely uh, give Brian a shout. Go check out his work. It's, uh, it's phenomenal. And uh, he shoots weddings all over. So you have no excuse at all. Uh, but yeah, that's it for today. Uh, hit me up on Instagram if you'd like to continue the conversation or head on over to the website, theawesomeweddingpodcast.com. Love to hear from you. Love to know what you think. And uh, take care of yourself.